We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, the first official day of training camp has finally concluded. Veterans showed up today. There was a lot of player interviews, coach interviews, and obviously Ballard's presser. So a lot to talk about in the world of the Colts. And thankfully, my friend Cody is able to actually join me today. Because, you know, we had some issues with trying to uh, get him in here at first, but we were able to get him through. And we have a lot to talk about here today, guys. So first things first, before we even get into any of this, uh, some uh, quick acquisitions that happened today. So the Colts signed free agent wide receiver Isaiah Ford, had about 63 catches in his time with Miami, uh, and John Hurst, who was a... uh, who is in the depth uh, role for the Chargers for a few years. And we waived wide receiver Kakoa Crawford, the undrafted free agent, and defensive tackle Kavion Patton. So those were some of the initial moves that were made today in regards to the roster. But let's go ahead and hop into the rest of what the other media guys have put out today. So shout out to guys like Zach Keeper, Stephen Holden, Nate Atkins, George Bremer, guys like that, that always bring you the most up-to-date information about these guys and about these players. Uh, so first things first, what Zach Kiefer heard from DeForest Buckner, and I'm not going to quote this entire thing because, you know, I, I want to stay monetized on YouTube, but uh, DeForest Buckner said, yeah, we crapped the bed last year, and with the crap being a different word, but basically expressing how you know how much the team does not want what happened last season to happen again, Cody. So it's kind of nice to hear one of your defensive leaders saying that you know that end to last season is still burning in the back of their heads about what happened. Yeah, we definitely talked about it when we interviewed Kylan Granson, right? When he, we asked him about, man, how'd that feel, you know, at the end of the season? And, you know, I believe him and the entire locker room, you know, and, and especially to have one of your leaders come out, and that's the first thing they say, right? Uh, so I think from that standpoint, definitely uh, great to hear 
DeForest Buckner is not happy. This team is not happy with what happened last year. They are they are motivated, but they're extra motivated this year because Derek, they were one game away from the playoffs. They were one way, one game away from potentially you know making a Super Bowl run. Like honestly, they were because uh, anything can happen in the playoffs. And so you know, for the season to end the way that it did, on the note that it did, I mean, I'm glad that it's continued to leave a sour taste in all their mouths, including DeForest Buckner, because the team needed to be better. You know, the accountability was not there last year. So uh, great to hear that from one of your leaders right away, that he's setting the tone for training camp. Last year will not happen again. So, yeah, I- I'm glad that DeForest Buckner still as angry as ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know Zaire Franklin was talking with Kevin Bowen and his boys earlier today. Uh, I think a question about Wentz came up or about how Matt Ryan's leadership is different than Wentz because Zaire ended up answering with talking about how Carson Wentz was not very talkative and was a very introverted person as a leader. Uh, I said it before, like, that's not a bad thing when, because some people do, you know, lead that way, you know, more lead by action than rather by talking. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're a quarterback, especially in the NFL, you know, it's kind of a helpful thing to be more extroverted and to, you know, make your presence known and heard and and it has to go both ways. So, I mean, must be a, uh, must be a sigh of relief knowing, you know, Matt Ryan's now, bringing that kind of presence in that Carson Wentz wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with being more of a quiet lead by example. The Colts have had a few of those guys, you know, they've turned out to be really good players, but at the end of the day, maybe it translated to not holding guys accountable, not doing the things, not saying the things that needed to be said when they needed to be said. I don't care if you're as quiet as can be, you know, sometimes there is a time for coming out and leading that way. And so maybe just in that way, Carson Wentz just didn't have it, you know, and maybe that's part of the reason why, you know, the Colts were out on him. And, you know, there were some reports that came out recently that the Colts were desperate to get rid of him, right? They said anybody but Carson. And so maybe that was a factor into that. That's a very interesting thing um, because you just didn't know with Carson, um, you know, was he, was he more extroverted? Was he more introverted? You just didn't really know with him. So it's just interesting to hear from a player that was a captain last year to say that about another captain. I thought that's just an interesting quote altogether. Yeah, hundred percent. So here's, here's one of the big news that was basically the big talking point of today. And it involved basically, uh, Leonard, the majority of the time here. So And this was like some news that, you know, started going out to everyone. I mean, even Schefter reported about this. Uh, First news about Leonard is that he is no longer wanting to be associated by the name Darius. Now, again, obviously that's his name, but he would prefer to be addressed by his middle name, Shaquille or Shaq for for a shorter uh, version of that. He said this was due to the fact that his family and his close people have always referred to him as Shaquille. That's always been how they've addressed him. But, you know, when he first got into the league, he basically learned from Randy Moss. He had talked with Randy Moss and Randy said, you know, put your head down. Don't argue with people. Don't back it. Don't back talk it or backtrack it. Just kind of go with the flow. So he felt that when he first got into the league, he couldn't tell anyone that he would prefer to be addressed by Shaquille 
rather than by Darius. So for the last four years, we've been addressing him as Darius with him not really wanting to be addressed as Darius. So from here on out, Cody, we're going to have to refer to uh, Leonard as Shaquille Leonard or Shaq Leonard uh, if we're going to be on this podcast. Maybe we can throw the Darius in there every once in a while. Sure, that's going to probably take a little getting used to, isn't it? Say with Okereke last year, right? Sometimes we still say <laughs> yeah. Okariki, you know, even now, and it's not like we're intentionally doing it, you know. And it's so weird to me that there's people out there that are just like, no, I'm not going to call him that. I'm like, you can't tell the man what his first, like, how to refer to him as, you know, like right. it's his own choice. And so, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever is best for him, like, I'm more than willing to, and hopefully all Colts Nation is more than willing to call him by that, you know. And if you don't like that, just call him the maniac. Who cares? Yeah, you know, call him the maniac. That's it. Like, call him, make it easy on everybody. <laughs> call him D. Leonard. I mean, he's fine with that too. So yeah, yeah. All that to say, like you know, whatever people prefer, like that's fine with yeah. me. You know, um. So it's it's just kind of ironic that the last two kind of training camp off seasons, uh, the, both the Colts starting linebackers <laughs> have said actually linebackers. Different. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, that is hilarious. But yeah, it, it is pretty funny to hear about that now. But yeah, that'll be a little difficult. There might be some times when I still refer to him as Darius outside of this podcast, but you know, I think my brother still wants to in a way, but you know, I, I will do my best to refer to him as Shaq Leonard on here from here on out. That sounds pretty cool yeah. though, to be honest. Colt's got a Shaq. Yeah, we got a Shaq, a Shaq on awesome. here, dude. Awesome. Uh now we talk about his surgery. He was asked about the surgery that he had in June, the back surgery that was Basically, the situation was, Cody, where he had two discs in his back that were pinching two different nerves in his back that were shooting that was shooting pain all the way down his leg and into his ankle. So that's why the ankle pain never went away because of that. So needless to say, says that he has had that surgery, said that he is already feeling great relief, um, a significant improvement so far. Said there's no timetable right now for when he's coming back. Uh, I assume that probably means there, we'll probably have to wait a few more weeks until we know for certain when he's coming back. But he did say that he's happy where he's at right now. So that's great to hear that he's hearing, he's feeling the improvement of not having that nagging pain in his in his ankle now as much as it was before. So that's great to hear. So, I mean, does it concern you with the fact that Darius is not ready for the start of training camp, or do you think the signs are headed in the right direction for him to be ready at some point during camp? I mean, obviously only Darius knows that for certain. Only he knows his body 100%. But yeah, I mean, that's great to hear that he feels like he's the word significantly improved, right? Uh, so it's glad to hear that 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 pain is no longer there, um, you know, for longevity's sake. Like, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, very happy that, you know, he feels like he's in the right direction. He's on the right timeline. And honestly, for a player like Darius Leonard, I think if, if there's any player on the Colts that, doesn't need training camp or doesn't need the full training camp. It's probably Darius Leonard uh, just because he knows what his role is on this team. He knows he's been in the league for a long time. Uh, you know, he's been in this team for a long time. So I have confidence that he's going to be just completely fine. And I'd rather him sit out a couple weeks than, you know, try to give it a go here tomorrow and then maybe injure it further or, you know, re-nag some of those injuries. 
So I'm totally fine with with where he's at um, in terms of that. Um, just wanted to say real fast, there was kind of an update on a couple of those guys that were on IR. I just want to talk about a few of those guys. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, along with Darius or shit. I'm sorry, Shaq. Shaq. At this point, yep. see, it's already happening. It's, it's already, already happening, folks. He said it about four times. I didn't want to interrupt him, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take gonna a little bit for you. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but anyway, Taekwon Lewis is getting close to his return. That's great. Obviously, we remember last year blew out his knee. So great to hear that he's probably going to be ready sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, Rodney McLeod had a knee procedure. He's getting closer. And then Mike Strawn, that's the big one, right, is you know he's going to actually take a little bit more time. He might actually miss most of training camp, which is probably why the Colts signed a couple of those wide receivers as well. Um, so those are just a couple updates here from the guys that were placed on PUP a few days ago. Um, but, yeah, all in all, man, I'm encouraged by where Darius is at. I'm encouraged where all these guys are at. And the only kind of concern I have is Strawn. And, you know, there was no guarantee he was going to, like, make the roster or even make an impact here on this team. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of these guys are. It really seems like, you know, Shaquille and Lewis and McLeod are, you know, relatively close. And it just seems like Strawn's going to be a little while. And, you know, it's kind of be it's going to be tough, especially, you know, with him wanting to try to make this roster. You know, that probably explains why some of these uh, wide receivers were signed today by the Indianapolis Colts, probably in preparation for that not happening. So let's go ahead and move away from training camp for a second, just one second, and let's talk about the quick uh, need at wide receiver position. So just practically half hour before we recorded this video, Julio Jones was signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So. People have been asking about Julio and Ballard even mentioned it in his presser. There was never any intention of signing Julio Jones like that. That might've been talked about, but there was never any serious traction when it came to that. So with no surprise there, when it comes to that did say that T Y Hilton is still in the mix. There is still a possibility that T Y Hilton could come back on this team. It really is just going to depend and I have seen people talking about Cole Beasley over the, the span of today. You know, he has still not been re-signed by anybody. A great slot receiver. You know, that could be very interesting. But Ballard also mentioned that, again, this position is not something he is looking to necessarily jump and attack at. It's not a desperate need for him right now. So, Cody, with him saying these things, do you really think there's even a chance that the Colts go and sign a vet wide receiver at some point? I think at some point it's still a possibility. Um, I just think for me, it kind of eliminates the idea that the Colts were potentially going to sign somebody ahead of training camp. And and that's kind of what we said all along, right, Derek, is like we feel like and based off of kind of Ballard's approach to the wide receiver position, that they wanted to see some of these young guys, right? They wanted to see how some of these young guys kind of performed, right? And so um, basically, I feel like depending on how these young wide receivers look might dictate how the Colts attack wide receiver, whether or not they go and sign, you know, one of those veterans like a T.Y. or a Cole Beasley or one of those kind of players. But right now, I think the Colts don't feel any pressure to go and get a vet. They feel fine with the group they have. But again, when the pads come on, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Yeah, right now, I think that's kind of where they're at in terms of the wide receiver position. Totally agree with you there. 
So let's now get back into a few players that are of note. So let's first start with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is officially ready for training camp. Uh, we know that he was held out of mini camp uh, for several different reasons, apparently. But nevertheless, they just wanted to reduce his workload. And that was kind of what he has been asked today, like, you know, with Ballard and Reich and the coaches saying that they wanted to potentially limit his workload just a little bit uh, as in comparison to last year. And he said that he would accept getting less carries if that's how it goes. So it's nice to hear JT taking that, uh, taking that and just rolling with it. Glad to hear that. And said he wants the best out of everyone for Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan demands everyone's best. So, again, just the Matt Ryan thing, especially with the running backs, like you hear JT and Hines calling it out about it that, you know, Matt Ryan is demanding a lot out of these players. And it, it's amazing to hear him say how much respect these guys have for how Matt Ryan is conducting himself on the field with them. Yeah, great to hear, man. Great to hear. JT, not a surprise. He is one of the most selfless players that you can find in the NFL. He's the ultimate team player. So, yeah, glad to hear that he's fully ready, 100% ready to go, and that he understands his role, but he also understands his value to this team. And if that means, you know, he gets a few less carries than he had last year uh, in terms of, you know, longevity's sake, then that's fine. He's okay with that. He understands that. And that's awesome. That's great to hear that JT is not the guy that always wants the ball. Ultimately, he wants what's best for the team. So whatever his coaches ask him to do, whether it's, you know, take a few more reps on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, and he knows he's he's still going to touch the ball right around 300 times, right? Right. You know, you know, you're still going to get yours, right? So, you know, losing 50 snaps during the season really doesn't compare to still the fact that you're still getting the workload, right? So that's not a big deal. And I mentioned Hines. So a few things about Hines said that he, and speaking of him and Ryan, I mean, he said that he gets chills just listening to Matt Ryan being in the huddle and the way he conducts the offense already. Like says when I'm in the huddle and I'm listening to him, uh, like do all this, like I get chills. That's what he said. And that's crazy to hear about that. And He even went as far as to say the vets on this team are tired of losing and feels that Matt Ryan can lead them to where they want to go to, you know, to playoff wins, to a championship. He openly came out and said, like, he feels like Matt Ryan is the one that is going, even if for some reason, Cody, the the Colts don't do it with Matt Ryan, you got to feel like just from hearing that, how much different the mentality of the team sounds with the addition of Matt Ryan. Like the tired of losing thing, you're hearing everybody say that now. It it, it probably isn't all Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan's got something to do with it because these guys keep saying it, how great this guy has been in the building already. Mm. And think about how players and coaches and fans are feeling this offseason going into training camp compared to last offseason going into training camp, we are feeling supremely more confident in this team because, first off, Matt Ryan, what he does, like we talked about, off the field, on the field, 
but also the fact that he's actually out there with his guys day one, and he's going to you know, demand the best every single day, right? And that is something that, honestly, you never heard about Carson Wentz. You just didn't. Yeah, you know, you just didn't. It, it, the vibe and the feel and what players are saying about Matt Ryan compared to what they said about Wentz last year—it's night and day, Derek. It's not even close. Yeah. And so, yeah, very excited to hear that—that that these guys believe it because we've always said this, right? This team, their their problem was never talent, right? Never was talent. They were always one of the more talented teams the last couple of years in the league. Their problem was they didn't have the leadership to take them to that next level, right? They just didn't last year. You know, they had the talent. Heck, they, they went and beat down the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Yes. We knew they could do that, you know. But the thing is, they lack the things that now Matt Ryan, at least on the surface in front, every single person is saying about him. He's bringing that, you know. So when your team is confident and your team believes that they can win and they believe that the guy under center in the most important position in all of sports is the guy, like that is going to go a long way for this team. And it honestly, I feel like just the confidence alone will make this team a better football team. You know, oh, yeah. even if they were less talented than they were last year, I believe they're a better football team now with the addition of a Matt Ryan. And you're seeing it everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100 percent. The the attitude inside that building is definitely different going into training camp this year than what it was last year. Just on the first day, you can hear that. Uh, yeah. And another thing about Hines says that his goal is to have a career high in catches this year, had 63 in 2020. Uh, do you think that Hines does it this year with Matt Ryan? Whew, it's hard to say because there's so many mouths to feed, right? Uh, everywhere. There's so much talent around here. But you know what? Matt Ryan, um, and he's got a better arm than, than Phillip Rivers did. You know, he likes to utilize his backs. I mean... As long as he gets touches, I don't think anything's out of the question, Derek, at all. So I'm not going to go in doubt and say he can't do it, but it's going to be tough with all the mouths to feed. Oh, yeah, it'll definitely be tough. You're right. I think that Matt Ryan's going to have more mouths to feed than what Phillip Rivers originally had in 2020. But Matt Ryan plays a lot of the game the same way Phillip Rivers does, you know, and being smart and taking the play where, you know, you can, you can rely on Naheem Hines he knows he can rely on Naheem Hines if something goes wrong to make that dump pass, and Hines is going to make a play. And even if it's four yards, whatever, you go on, you live to fight another day. I think that was something Carson Wentz just forgot a lot of times. But I think Matt Ryan understands it, like Phillip Rivers did, that Hines is a weapon that you have to utilize because there's not a lot of guys that are that shifty, that are that fast, that you can rely on out of the backfield. So I, I, I totally think he will. I totally think he will. Uh, let's uh, go to back quote to, Frank, to quote Frank Reich real fast. Oh, okay, gotcha. He said, if I was a fantasy owner, I would pick up Naheem Hines. Yeah, yeah, so he did, we'll leave he it at did that. say that. Yep, he did say that. So if the head coach is telling you that I, I would pick, up, pick him up in fantasy, then you know he's going to get a lot more targets this year. So, yep, that I, <laughs> more, more uh, fuel to the fire there, so. Let's go back to the defense real quick. Uh, so we need to talk about Quiddy Pay. So we've been talking about Quiddy Pay, how there could be a resurgence, and we could see that second-year jump, right, for, for him. And this reason right here might be a more reason to add to that argument. So it was announced that Quiddy Pay 
last season could barely see out of his left eye. So apparently I don't, I don't remember what they said, why it was that he had that issue. Um, it was apparently a lingering issue over the whole year. Um, but nevertheless, they stated that he went and got the issue fixed over the off season. And he's going to be wearing contacts throughout the season actually showed up to practice today with, uh, with the glasses on, right. To kind of help with the, uh, lighting and everything. So it's very interesting because you're talking about a guy that could barely see out of one part of your, of your vision. And if your peripherals are messed up, especially when you're on the defensive line, that's really difficult to do that kind of job. It is insanely difficult to play the game of football at all. If you can't either see in your peripherals or your Vision is fogged on one side, especially if you're on the defensive line. And if you're on the right side of the defensive line and you're trying to see where the quarterback is over here, if you can't see it, then that's difficult. And Quiddy Pay obviously probably had some struggles last year due to the fact that he couldn't see out of the one eye. So now says he's going to wear contacts and that the vision is much more restored now. Kind of adds more fuel uh, to the argument there, Cody, that, you know, Quiddy Pay might be a whole heck of a lot better this year. And what he was doing at the end of the year, despite not now, not we know he wasn't able to see out of his left eye. That's impressive, man. Mm -hmm. That's really impressive. And so, yeah, we already thought he was going to be a breakout candidate, but even now it's like, wow, what can he do with full vision? You know, like what else could he, did he miss last year that he's not going to miss this year that he's going to notice, you know? So I'm very excited to see, how that translates. And that was kind of surprising. Like you hear the, some of these things you're like, wow, he still played through it. And he thought, I thought he played pretty well, all things considered. So yeah. yeah, very excited now to see what he does here in his second season. Yeah. It kind of gives me a little, uh, kind of gives me a little bit of a vibe of a DeForest Buckner from last off season. Remember when he said in 2020, he played most of the season with a bunch of broken bones in his hand. And, you know, still went out and played regardless and just wrapped that crap up. And then just he went out there and did it anyway. Right. So now it's kind of the same situation, you know, where he was at a severe disadvantage. And now if they corrected the mistake, then Quiddy, Quiddy has that freaking that meter just goes up higher and higher. So Absolutely. one other guy here on the defense, and it was a big talk of. Colts nation for a few weeks. And that was about Kenny Moore. So Kenny Moore stated, uh, during this when they asked about, you know, him being there and talking about his contract extension, he said that he will be practicing tomorrow and throughout camp, regardless of getting a contract extension or not says, I just want to play football for this team, for this city. So let's go. So, Pretty, pretty great to hear that, Cody, that despite, you know, him wanting to get an extension and even though he hasn't gotten one yet, still going out and doing what he needs to do. Absolutely. I think a lot of Colts fans were relieved to hear that Kenny will not be holding out of training camp, that he will be going. Uh, you know, I'm glad that he feels like he has his value, but he's not going to let that dictate whether or not he's on the field, you know, and a lot of people were saying things like Kenny's a diva, Kenny's this, Kenny's that. I'm just glad that, you know, he he's like, regardless of if I get that contract or not, I still love my team enough where I'm going to play regardless. So, yeah, I'm very glad to hear and that. And that's a great way to get your extension, too, is you show, hey, 
You know, I, I want to put the pressure on you that I want an extension, but I am going to go out there and play regardless because I know what I need to do for my team. And like you said, the love for these guys definitely is, is high. And Ballard mentioned it in his presser as well. And this is a very interesting uh, note here, Cody. I don't know if you ended up seeing what Ballard said, uh, but he mentioned that, look, everyone wants more money, you know, damn right, but it's okay. You know, everybody wants it, but there comes a time when you have to go out and play and it's time to play. So obviously I don't think Balor meant it in a way to sound disrespectful, but it almost sounded to a point that, you know, the Ballard's not in a hurry to give uh, him an extension. Now, I mean, of course I'm not, I'm not in those rooms. I don't understand it, but just the, the sound, the way he made that sound, it definitely sounded like as if Balor was not in a hurry to get that extension done. Nevertheless, Kenny Moore did say that, you know, he was going to allow his agent to, you know, make sure that he was taking care of that. So Kenny's not dealing with it anymore. So I'll let my agent talk with Ballard and the rest of the organization about trying to get that done. But for now it's just football. So, I mean, what mm-hmm. do you make of Ballard and those comments about his extension? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it seems like it's respectful. You know, it seems like it's respectful on both sides. Like, you know, like sometimes I think like the thing I like about Ballard is sometimes he he stands his ground, right? Oh, yeah. I know there's been a knock on him where it's like he's too cheap. And that, I mean, you just look at this last offseason, you realize he's not as cheap as everybody thinks he is. Yeah, right. But he does have a limit, right? He does have a limit. Yeah. And I like that. You know, I like that he's disciplined and he's not going to go out there and he's not going to, you know, while I do think Kenny War does deserve an extension at some point. You know, he's not going to let the pressure of one player who wants a contract extension, you know, to change everything and change his philosophy. That's just not the kind of GM he is. And, you know, love him or hate him for his philosophy sometimes. I do respect, you know, I do respect that he sticks to his convictions. And, you know, if Kenny goes out and he balls out, I don't feel like Ballard's going to have an issue extending him. I really don't. But for right now, I'm glad that he's holding his ground. Um, If he feels like that's what he needs to do. And, uh, Letting it play out, it seems like Kenny respects that. He's going to go out there and play. And, you know, I feel like an extension is going to happen at some point. So we'll just see when. We'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see when. I definitely think there will be one. It's just going to be a matter of how much and when. Uh, One other thing, Ballard uh, from Charlie Clifford here on Twitter saying, uh, Chris Ballard is beaming about Matt Ryan's start on and off the field in Indianapolis, says the number one similarity with Ryan and Phillip Rivers, because we were talking about it earlier, says Ballard sees two minds that are obsessed with every piece of the process that ultimately leads to game day. So mm. again, you're getting that. And again, Philip Rivers is statistically one of the greatest quarterbacks that has ever played the game of football. And for Matt Ryan to get, you know, put into that same category, again, just being obsessed with the little details that translate to winning football games. That's what he's saying. Yes. So again, Ballard just can never get enough nice things to say about Matt Ryan. And I I love the fact that we have a quarterback that our GM just cannot shut up about. Nobody can shut up about Matt Ryan. I love that. I love to hear that. Um, You know, one thing interesting, it's kind of a nice transition to another point that we haven't discussed yet. I'm talking about the little details, you know, realistically, it's been what seven, eight years since the Colts have won a home opener or won an opener to, you know, frankly at all. Um, one thing that the Colts did that I thought was interesting that kind of flew under the radar a little bit 
Um, they moved their practices. Originally, their practices yes. were at 10 a.m. They actually moved them to noon, and they said they did this in part because the team plays most of their games at one, right? And so the goal is to help the, to get the team's uh, rhythms in line with when they'll play, which I thought was really a, kind of a smart philosophy that I never really thought about, you know? Because, uh, you know, the last couple of years, they've been practicing at 10, you know? Yeah. But realistically, game day, that's not going to happen a whole yes. lot. So if you're starting to practice around when game day is, it kind of gets your mind going like, okay, this is time. This is the time when we go. Yes. You know, 100%. so I like that. It's, you know, it's, like it's those little things, training. they matter. Yeah, it's mental training. Yep. Yep. Those things matter. And, and you know, with how much the Colts have struggled at the little things sometimes, I think this was a breath of fresh air. They're starting to do things right here that uh, should get fans really excited. You know, the small things that will go under the radar. Those could translate to big things, right? And unfortunately, last year we saw when the small things weren't happening, it led to a big thing. I'm missing the playoffs last year. So I'm really excited about things like that. You know, just hearing the things that not a whole lot of people highlight, not a whole lot of people think like, oh, that's a big deal. But it is a big deal, you know, because they all add up. Those small things add up to big things. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that one in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty close to being it for the first day. Is there anything else that you think that we have missed? Or do you think we covered everything? I'm trying to just go back and make sure we didn't miss anything. Uh, I, say, I you don't know, think I, we I, did. No, I think we got pretty much all of it. Um, if there's anything else, though, that you guys you know heard about that we missed, be sure to let us know in the comments. Yeah. But yeah, man, I am beyond excited here. For week number one of training camp. Obviously, you and I are going to be out there on Saturday for the evening practice. I think it's a joint practice with the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm really excited for that practice and to just see this team in action finally. You know, it's going to be awesome. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention, Chris Ballard talked about some position battles, right? That he's really looking at as like some battles. Um, you know, he mentioned a couple of them, like the safety position, the offensive line. One thing he didn't mention, Derek, which I thought was interesting was the corner position he didn't mention corner two you know and it's like we all thought that was going to be one of the biggest battles in camp maybe he just forgot but I thought that was notable you know I thought that was notable maybe Isaiah Rogers is that guy <laughs> and they're like okay Isaiah it's your job to lose you know yep. um, but I still think it's going to be a competition but you know Ballard doesn't see it that way so I guess we'll see I think the only other thing I can mention when it comes to this is you know this might be the most chill entrance <laughs> to training camp that Reggie Wayne has ever had for Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've seen him come in and race cars. We've seen him come in on helicopters. And now you see him coming in on a motorized scooter, like one of those ones you see in Indianapolis, in, inside the Indianapolis <laughs> square the whole time. So, yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, a little different change of pace for uh, Reggie Wayne. Uh, thanks, Colts uh, Twitter page for catching that. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. That breaks down pretty much everything, all the sound bites and everything that we have heard from Colts training camp day one. Be sure again to let us know your thoughts on everything we just laid out for you guys. If there's something that we missed, be sure to let us know so we can address it at another time. But again, we will continue to keep you guys updated every day on training camp news so we can break this all down. And again, we are going to be at training camp Saturday with the media breaking it all down for you guys. So make sure you're checking us out on our socials, 
checking us out on YouTube. We will get videos up whenever we can. We're going to maybe doing some vlog content as well that may be something you guys would enjoy. We're going to give you guys the entire experience. So be sure to do that. Like this video, comment, guys, and subscribe if you haven't yet already. We're on the push to 12,000 subscribers. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.